0: My Isaias did not have to fight the battles of the Lord alone. God raised up a valiant helper for him in Micaeus, a native of Marasti, a small town in the fertile plain of the Philistines. Micaeus flourished during the reigns of Jotham, Achaz and Ezekias, the kings of Judah. Like Amos, Micaeus was a peasant stock, and like him, he regarded the great cities as the fountainheads of greed, dishonesty and every vice, and as the very personifications of tyranny and oppression. His sympathies are over the peasantry in their sufferings, and he attacks, in even more scathing terms than Isaiah, the wrongs to which they were subjected by the nobles and the rich landed proprietors of Judah. In a passage which is almost repulsive in its bluntness, He describes the chiefs of the house of Israel as veritable cannibals. Hear, O ye princes of Jacob, and ye chiefs of the house of Israel. Is it not you part to know judgment? You that hate good and love evil, that violently pluck off their skins from them, that's to say the peasantry, and their flesh from off their bones, who have eaten the flesh of my people and have flayed their skins from off them and have broken and chopped their bones as for the kettle, and as flesh in the midst of the pot. The sins of the rulers and of their advisers, the mercenary priests and the false prophets, are the cause of the national ruin which the prophet foresees. Hear this, ye princes of the house of Jacob, and ye judges of the house of Israel, you that abhor judgment and pervert all that is right, you that build up Sion with blood and Jerusalem with iniquity. Her princes have judged for bribes and her priests have taught for hire and her prophets divine for money. And they leaned upon the Lord saying, Is not the Lord in the midst of us? No evil shall come upon us. Therefore, because of you, Sion shall be ploughed as a field and Jerusalem shall be as a heap of stones and the mountain of the temple as the high places of the forest. For behold, the Lord will come forth out of his place and he will come down and will trade upon the high places of the earth and the mountain shall be melted unto him and the valley shall be cleft as wax before the fire and as waters that run down a steep place. Through the misconduct of their leaders the whole people have become corrupted. In the second part of his prophecy, Machias addresses himself to the entire nation. Not a good man can be found in it. Woe is me, for I am become as one that gleaneth in autumn the grapes of the vintage. There is no cluster to eat, my soul desireth the first ripe figs. The holy man is perished out of the earth, and there is none upright among men. They all lie in wait for blood. Every one hunteth his brother to death. He that is based among them is as a briar, and he that is righteous as the thorn of the hedge. Believe not, a friend, and trust not in a prince. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that sleepeth in thy bosom. For the son dishonoureth the father, and the daughter riseth up against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies are they of his own household. But I will look towards the Lord. I will wait for God my Saviour. My God will hear me. God himself arises as the accuser of his people, expostulating with them for their ingratitude. Let the mountains hear the judgment of the Lord and the strong foundations of the earth. For the Lord will enter into judgment with his people and he will plead against Israel. O my people, what have I done to thee? Or in what have I molested thee? Answer thou me. For I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt, and delivered thee out of the house of slaves, and I set before thy face Moses and Aaron and Mary. The people admit their sins and inquire of the prophet how God can be propitiated. Will thousands of sacrifices, will even a man's firstborn son be sufficient to satisfy his demands? The prophet gives the answer. I will show thee, O man, what is good, and what the Lord requireth of thee, verily to do judgment and to love mercy and to walk solicitous with thy God. Here we have the justice which Amos championed, the love and mercy which Ose preached and and exemplified in his life, and the humble fellowship with God which is the keynote of Isaiah's discourses. In a word, a summary of prophetic teaching. I will show thee, O man, what is good, and what the Lord requireth of thee. Verily, to do judgment, and to love mercy, and to walk solicitous with thy God. Chapter 6, 8. The picture of disaster and utter ruin, which the prophet describes so vividly, is followed. As, as also in Isaiah, by a vision of restoration. Zion, no longer ruined and deserted, is pictured by the prophet as invested with even greater glory than before. It has become the spiritual metropolis of the entire earth. Pilgrims flock to it from all quarters. A federation of the world has been established under the suzerainty of the God of Israel. In that day, the banished and suffering Israelites will be restored and God will reign over them in Zion forever. It was when the hosts of the Assyrian king Sennacherib were approaching to lay siege to Jerusalem that Micah saw this glorious vision. The Deliverer will not arise in the national capital, but rather his birthplace will be the little town of Bethlehem. And thou Bethlehem Epratah, art a little one among the thousands of Judah. Out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be the ruler in Israel. And his going forth is from the beginning, from the days of eternity. Therefore he will give them up until the time wherein she that travaileth shall bring forth, and the remnant of his brethren shall be converted to the children of Israel. And he shall stand and feed in the strength of the Lord's, in the height of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall be converted, for now he shall be magnified even to the ends of the earth, and this man shall be our peace. Chapter 5 This prophecy, as a biblical scholar remarks, is perhaps the most important single prophecy in the Old Testament, and the most comprehensive, respecting the personal character of the Messiahs. And his successive manifestation to the world. It carefully distinguishes his miraculous human birth of the Virgin from his eternal generation, foretells the rejection of the Israelites for a season, their final restoration and the universal peace destined to prevail throughout the world. Having thus been privileged to see the glories of the messianic kingdom It is no wonder that Machias ends his prophecy with a clear note of triumph, with a canticle of faith in the mercy of the Lord. Who is a God like to thee, who takest away iniquity, and passest by the sin of the remnant of thy inheritance? He will send his fury in no more, because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again and have mercy upon us. He will put away our iniquities. And he will cast all our sins into the bottom of the sea. Thou wilt perform the truth to Jacob, the mercy to Abraham, which thou hast sworn to our fathers from the days of old. Chapter 7. Micaeus must have been, must have had a deep and lasting impression on his contemporaries. Evidence of this is afforded by the book of Jeremiah, chapter 26. When Jeremiah is foretold the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple, the priests sought to put him to death. But some of the chiefs of the people intervened on his behalf, recalling how a hundred years before Micah had also prophesied against the city and the sanctuary, and had suffered no evil. Maichias of Marasti, they said, was a prophet in the days of Ezekiel, king of Judah, and he spoke to all the people of Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Zion shall be ploughed like a field, and Jerusalem shall be a heap of stones. Did Hezekiah, king of Judah, and all Judah condemn him to death? Did they not fear the Lord and beseech the face of the Lord, and the Lord repented of the evil that he had spoken against them? This telling appeal to Micah saved the life of Jeremiah.